0: Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin.
1: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another Sanity Check. My name is Seth.
0: And I'm Camille.
1: And you are at the best place of your life because you're here with us to make sure that you are not going stone cold crazy. How you feeling this morning Camille?
0: I'm feeling pretty good you know it's just a, a lot of stuff going on right now so just processing and uh, getting through but you know it's kind of the, the difficult side I say not bad side just difficult side of life but then there's so many good things that are happening that you know you can't help but to be grateful. So oh, that's yeah.
1: where I'm at right now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we have to find a way to see the silver lining in all of this mm-hmm. mess. And that is what it is. It is a shown enough mess. But before we go into everything, want to say good morning. Good morning to everyone that's logging in. Please share, 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 share yeah. this because today is going to be uh, a great great show and we're going to be Talking about grief, okay, but before we do, we have to give a special, special shout out to our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, because they help to keep us on and to help you all to stay sane, okay? So, our first sponsor is the Providence Place Home Healthcare. So, research has shown that aging people and people with medical conditions and or disabilities stay healthier with social interactions so the agency benefits the community by promoting mental health it also helps clients transition from dependent living to becoming independent by using independent living training so that's what the providence place home health does Give them a call. All right. Their number is three one four seven three six one nine one nine in the St. Louis or Southern Illinois area. OK, make sure make sure you give them a call and what you have, ma'am.
0: So our second sponsor this morning is Cater to Mom. Um, CEO, founder uh, is Marsha Stevenson. And so women of every culture, age, income level, and race can develop perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Uh, symptoms can appear at any time during pregnancy and within the first 12 months after childbirth. It is often one of the most challenging times for new moms, especially if the if it's the first baby. Strangely, though, we're given all the tools and resources to take care of our babies, but very little to nothing to take care of ourselves and to better prepare us for postpartum. So where's the book about what to expect postpartum? Well, cater to mom is filling this need by raising awareness of perinatal mental health. They provide a monthly part, postpartum box curated to support moms postpartum and beyond. But most importantly, they're ensuring postpartum resources are included in the boxes so mom is better prepared for the postpartum journey. They also have cater to Dad now. They also have a third trimester box and also grief and loss boxes. So please, 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 if you know anyone who just had a baby who maybe have just experienced a loss or new fathers, please go to cateredtomom.com. Uh they have a subscription box for you and it doesn't have to be a d- subscription. You can also uh purchase one time only. So cater to mom. Thank you for what you do.
1: All right. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you today. You know, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. That's a very, very good package because I don't think people Really think about the men side of it. Do you know we got to go through it too now? Maybe not directly, but indirectly, we're dealing with y'all as well. You get what I mean? So, yes.
0: well, men men go through like a postpartum as well. Yes, um, you know it is the new changing over from what they knew in singleness and all that kind of stuff to learning how to take care of babies. So there's some depression that goes along with it. There's that transitional period, and we often overlook the fathers as if they haven't gone through the process with the mothers as well so mm-hmm. you're absolutely right men do experience
1: yes it. yes and, and 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 I mean it's, it's just it's real good it's real good to have that and, and just something through, like, to keep to, well. to kind of um, keep us included you know it's kind of keep us on the same page but so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we are talking about grief how to deal with grief So keep in mind, the definition of grief is a feeling of sorrow, all right? Especially when you are experiencing uh, or something caused by death. It's sorrow, uh, it's a downness, right? A feeling, okay? But keep in mind, it's more than just death. And I don't know if you guys remember, maybe I'm aging myself, if you guys remember the peanuts, okay? Charlie Brown. Right, Everybody was always playing Charlie Brown to the left, okay? Everybody, even Lucy, you know, with the football, right? And But you know what? In, yes. the, in my mind, he's kind of off of still falling for the same thing because everybody knows what Lucy's going to do. But anyway, after he tries to kick this football, she lift it up. He falls on his butt. What does he say? Good grief. Always good <laughs> grief, right? So he always feeling the way. But this morning, we're going to talk about how to cope with grief and how to actually deal with grief. You know, look at Lily. See, this is the issue. Yeah. Snoopy. Yeah. Yeah. he, he he's, he's out. Okay. Joe cool. For those of you who don't right. know Snoopy, but so what do you, what do you think about that? Camille dealing with grief?
0: Absolutely. Grief really is that, um, it's, there are so many types, not so many types, but there are a couple of different types of grief. When we, um, think about grief, we usually think about somebody dying or something like that. And then we think of this process, but there's an acute grief that happens, you know, in the moment, say you lose somebody or whatever. Um, and then there's also like a longer grief that kind of, um, is a little bit more concerning that we need to talk about, but grief comes in all forms, whether it's a loss of a job, People grieve the loss of a job, the loss of important relationships. They uh, grieve the loss of actual like life. They grieve, um, you know, changes in circumstances that are just really difficult to deal with. Um, all the things that are going on in the nation right now. A lot of people uh, may not actually know that they're actually grieving. Um, you know, with so much stuff, and it's it's constant, constant, constant loss of life, loss of this and that. Um, so there's so many different facets to grief. It's just not one thing. But really, it is that that overwhelming um, kind of really sad, um, sometimes to, oppressive feeling that you get uh, concerning a loss.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And we we have to understand when it is grief, all yes. right? Because what we do when we're going through something, and we can speak about the loss aspect mm-hmm. right now, but if we don't know how to deal with it or come to terms with it, that uh, grief can ultimately cause depression yes. and bitterness. Sorry. Okay, so I want to talk about. We can go to the uh, depression a little later, but. What I was doing research, I realized that <clears throat> we can become bitter due to a loss based off of how we interacted with that individual before. They left. And so now we are filling away. Or keep in mind, let's be absolutely 100 with this, right? So, this is the Saturday morning insanity check. And part of being sane is being honest. Have you ever witnessed or experienced firsthand someone passing away? And in the back of your mind, it was you said to yourself, out of all the people in the world that had to die, why? why her or why him? But why not this fool? Right? now, no, we're just going to be honest, right? We're we, we not saying no names. Is it right? Honestly, no, it's not right. But we're going to be honest with ourselves. So I'm when still- you have all those individ- great individuals that seem to be passing away, I forget what year it was. It was like maybe two, three years ago. And I mean... Everybody just seemed like, wow, her? Wow, him? And then we look on the news, we're like, look at this nut. How is he still here? Why why can't the you know, why why can't that happen to them? But that's a that's a sign of bitterness and that's not healthy. It's really not healthy. What you think, Camille?
0: Um, that does happen and sometimes you know it's those avoidance uh, behaviors because with grief you know it's not only we typically associated with just the emotion of how we feel feel and everything but we also have certain behaviors and cognitive functions that are affected one of those things is that avoidant behavior you know like why this person oh you should have took me you know this person should have went before this person this person was doing so much good like what was the point of that so it is part of the grieving process for that person where we kind of deflect and we want, you know, it's hard for us to accept that this loss has happened to this person Um, we, or to us you know, we say okay well, you know this person was doing like I said X, Y, and Z, why, why, why and sometimes we just flat out don't even want to accept it, we don't even accept it as reality, some people Mm -hmm. literally go into a, no it didn't happen it didn't happen. I mean, we look at Tupac and Michael Jackson and all these other people that they say, Let's no, see. look, look, you it's know. still
1: some people that can swear up and down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tupac somewhere on the, in the Bahamas living it up. Right.
0: Exactly. So, it, and that is that avoiding behavior when they have like a certain connection to a person and it just seems so unreal. They decide that they just are not going to accept it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to accept that this loss has happened and they act as if It didn't. And so that's uh, that's, again, another one of the more serious uh, types, you know, when we're talking about mental health that you have to address with that. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. So
1: and and so, ladies and gentlemen, this let's just take a minute. Let's take a minute and just think about ourselves and how we deal. Right. And so we can become so depressed that our bodies become Mm -hmm. inactive. Right you see those folks right while they're mourning or they're dealing with whatever they would just stay in the bed, not interact with individuals being antisocial right on, um, but there are times when you are dealing with it by being overtly active, meaning you won't sit down, you're everywhere, and I'm gonna take full responsibility and 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 be honest about this myself when my mother passed. Everything in my mind was, you know what? This is what she wants you to do. Boom. So let's just go do it. This is what, you know, this is how you can deal with this. Just just go do this, this and this. But it took me a while to even recognize what was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about dealing with grief. And part of the grieving process is a process. you right. You have to, you kind of have to have to marinate for a minute and just say, all right. What am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling this way? But what is the lesson learned? Because uh, a a dark, I don't know what it was for a couple of days. It was just a dark feeling that (laughs) uh, a feeling of being alone, (laughs) right? Because if my mother, right, has literally been with me my whole life, even though growing up, having a family and all this, but... Now I'm living every day, a new day without her, and my mind could not grasp that. You get what I'm saying? It just took so much. What do you think about that, Camille?
0: So with grief, and there's seven different, um, I don't know if people know that, but there's um, the seven stages of grief. Mm -hmm. So the first one is that shock. You know what I mean? It's shock and denial that I can't believe this is happening. And you're kind of like numb And you're kind of out there. I'll use my, um, my ex-husband's mother, my mother-in-law, when she passed away, I remember the initial, I can see in my mind the stages that happened with him and with the family. And it really was that, oh my gosh, like we were literally laying down. He got a phone call and it was like, and he looks and he's like, my mom just died, you know? And it was like, he went numb. So automatically in that moment we have to start moving. We have to start moving because we know that there's a time frame that we have to have things done. And so I feel like, you know, in my mind that we kind of stop everything. And we just start moving, focusing on what needs to be done. So we had to fly from overseas and then we had to get arrangements done and all this kind of stuff. So people are moving, moving, moving. And then you go through that. Well, you know, my mom would have wanted me to do this. So I'm going to do this. My mom would have, and we continue to move, 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 move And we're going so high speed that we never stop to really evaluate what is really going on Mm -hmm. and how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're just like, okay, we got to move. And mom wanted me to be the best. And I'm going to do this and I'm do that. And we get exhausted, exhausted. And then when we finally do sit down, we start getting angry. Oh, yeah. We start getting angry. Mm -hmm. You know, all Mm -hmm. the things, why, and I should have done this before and everything. So, you know, as we go through these stages and, you know, we have to sit down because I think when people don't know what they are, it's so much harder because you can't recognize why I'm feeling this way. And I think I'm crazy and I'm just going out here and I'm moving, moving, moving. And sometimes we don't want to accept, like you said, uh, what's actually happening. Like our mind, we know it's happening, but we're, on autopilot, and we continue to move so that we don't actually have to deal with the emotions. Yes. Of what is going on? Mm-hmm. So you fill your life with stuff mm-hmm. in that time frame uh, to kind of numb, continue to numb those feelings, if if you would.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: so that you don't have to feel the hurt and the sadness and the disbelief and all this stuff that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're absolutely, we'll go through the seven stages here in a minute. But yes, you start moving, moving, moving. And there's so much that has to be done. You can't slow down. right evaluate and assess your feelings
1: absolutely absolutely but uh, uh, good morning good morning everyone welcome 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 on give us a high five a heart love it a squeezy squeezy hearts if you're there right let us know you're there give us hashtag good morning and if you're watching this on the facebook make sure you go to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook, just so your comments can be posted up here. But we do want to say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're talking about dealing with grief. okay? and if this is helping you or can help someone else, make sure you share this, you know, give thumbs up and everything, because this is extremely important. Ladies and gentlemen, the days and the times that we're dealing with right now, we have to find ways to cope. Yes. We have to find ways to uh, stay close as we can to reality. Okay. Part of that is the acceptance piece. Yes. And, but not just dealing with it, but being able to celebrate it. How do you celebrate a loss? How do you celebrate a death? Right. Um, just case in point, I was, I try to, Always, always have positive thoughts when it comes down to an individual's death, especially that's close to me. And you know, I, I I've been dealing with um, the death of my mother for a, a year now, but I'm trying to find different ways to do it. So the other day, it's funny I was uh, showing my daughter how to uh, fold socks. You know what I mean? You have socks, you bend them over. Boom, boom, boom. So, yeah. but the conversation was nice, but also. I had to tell her, hey, I was your age when my mother showed me this. You you get what I mean? So it's a way to keep her alive in a sense, but it's not in a sorrow piece. And now I can say to myself, you know what, what I learned, I can now pass on. And then now I can explain to her, look, this is what your grandmother taught me. And now I'm teaching you. You you get what I mean? It's just different ways to to deal with that and to transcend out of that negative space. How can you celebrate that mm-hmm. loss? What you think about that?
0: I think the first thing the the and I'm no you know grief counselor or anything like that, but a lot of times I feel like the, we miss the first step, mm-hmm. and that's that we don't have the conversations about death. Yes. Um, You know, the way we should. You know, I always tell me and my kids, because my my youngest daughter, she suffered the loss of her biological father, you know, young at 11. And um, my grandmother earlier, you know, I had her for 37 years, but my kids didn't. So we had to go through that. And so through all of that, I decided that I was going to talk about death more with my children because not that... And people say, oh, if you talk about death, it's going to happen. No, that's not what happens. (laughs) You, you teach them that the one sure thing in life is death. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody has an expiration and we don't know what that is. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know when it's going to happen or whatever. You know, I always pray that God let me at least, you know, live out my purpose uh, before I go. But that it does. And so it kind of takes the sting out of it. And so with this latest death, you know, talking through my, to my daughter with it, um, on my, my post, I grieved, you know, it was really shocking for my father-in-law to pass, but, um, we had that conversation and I did choose to celebrate him because he was a great man. I don't want to go through the, Oh, and I missed out on all this. No, I I don't even know if that would have happened. You know what I mean? The missed out on what tomorrow's not promised. We don't know what it looks like. We're going through each day, but everything that did happen, I choose to celebrate my grandmother. Same thing. I miss her dearly. And I go through waves of grief. I'll be driving down my car and it'll hit me a song or something like that. It's man come and it takes my breath away. I might have a tear or two, you know, that you miss that person. But, um, she taught me so much mm-hmm. and I'm so, proud to be a part of her legacy that, um, I am able to say, you know, I I pray all the time. And I'm like, you know, thank you, grandma. Thank you for everything. Mm -hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you for giving me. So the celebration part, and you can't go through that right away. A lot of people just can't do that. But, um, for me, because I have had these conversations and I've talked and I know that death is inevitable. It's easier for me to celebrate, um, all of the good things that the person has done, um, to help me with that. While yes. they were here, they did so many things and touched so many people and mm-hmm. so many firsts. And, you know, I'm just glad to be connected to that. Um, but everybody doesn't get there. Right. And I think that if we talk about it a little bit more and explain, you know, the process, people are not so afraid so it doesn't hurt as much mm-hmm. because you know that it's going to happen at some point or another. Yes. But yes. But <laughs> teaching all those lessons and things like that, I think that's very, very important and a way to honor the person who is who is gone. So.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about dealing with grief. And if you have a comment or something you want to share, give us a call. The number is below It's 618-792-6747, right? We're talking about dealing with grief. Now, let's keep in mind, we're also going to talk about those deaths, if you will, or those issues that happen that may not be positive. That's life, right? So you have your good and your, ba- and your bad. Not everyone is a, uh, ha- has died a monarch. You understand? Not everyone has died a Mother Teresa. Some of them crazy. You did what I mean? I mean just crazy and whole life was out of line, right? Mm-hmm. And they made your life a living hell. Let's be for real. Yes. We know them. Yes. We know them and they know themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. But the deal is how do you flip that? You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. How can you flip that in your life, in your living space and the individuals that you associate with? Meaning if there was an individual that did something wrong to you and they're no longer here, how do you move forward knowing that that's what they left behind? How about this? Think about what you learned from the situation. Exactly. First of all, right let's talk about that. Hey good morning everybody Miss White. How you doing okay. Charles what's going on brother? Uh, so
0: problem.
1: yes so so how how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? So it's about hey, I know let's say uncle so- and so was crazy. he did this and this was wrong the whole family knew he was wrong. however, I'm not going to continue to act walk talk in that way for my family. You get what I'm saying? That is something I do not want to that's a tradition if you will that I don't want okay. to keep going. And also, let's be honest. Let's tell the truth, okay? This is a this was a sickness, okay? Mm-hmm. This was a sickness and it, it's almost like an individual that passed away that that diet wasn't right you, you get what i mean we need to be honest about that and that person may have known what's going on you know exactly. th- those individual. we if we know that what are the lessons learned what you think Absolutely. about that camille
0: i think that's good you know a, a lot of people miss those lessons you know they get angry and they carry that and unfortunately that person cannot ever apologize but truth be told that person has been alive for this long and has never apologized see You know, and that saying you have to be sometimes, sometimes you have to be okay with apology that you've never received because the healing is in you. It is your choice whether you want to move on from that, you know, place in your life or if you want to continue to allow it to hinder you, you know, and just like with work for me, career. I didn't want to be the supervisor I had. I don't want to be the, you know, for in people in those situations, I'm not going to be the parent that I had. I'm not going to allow, you know, this person space in my heart, in my mind, in my life anymore. And sometimes we have to let that go. Yes. Forgiveness is your victory and also your breakthrough in the entire situation. And you have to be willing to say, okay, it's my responsibility You know, it's my responsibility to let that go. You can say what you want to with the person. You can go to the grave and get it off your chest. You know, if they were living and you said it, but at a certain point you have to say, okay, I've said what I need to say or I felt how I need to feel, feel. I have to choose to forgive. I have to choose to move forward. I have to choose. And really saying all of those things is really part of the healing. When you avoid it, you don't say anything. It holds you captive. And you can't physically or mentally or emotionally move on from those things. So sometimes you just have to say it, whether it's to yourself or not. You know what I mean? And you have to choose to want to be healed.
1: Yes, you have to. You yes, so, you yes. have to. And and ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to be honest, you know? So, yes, you have to choose, but you give yourself the permission,
0: permission to yeah. let
1: go. Okay? Okay. Give yourself the permission to let go. You have to, and then, but the question is, how do you do that? So it's different ways you can do that. A, go to counseling. Okay, see if you can go to counseling, or go to your church, or communicate with a confidant. And say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Okay, Mm -hmm. but um, it's different ways. And Jay Will, what's going on? He gave a a great, great question. It says, how do you deal slash balance with grief? Right. Grief as it relates to your, your responsibility. Okay, responsibilities. So that's a good question. What do you think, Camille, about that? And I got I think I got an answer for that.
0: Yeah, I would say like when you're dealing with grief, say you still have to, you still have to get up every morning. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your family. You have to go to work. You have to provide, right? But sometimes I think that we try to be superwoman, superman and act like, you know, we can just push through. And when we do that and we don't allow our our bodies to go through the stages that it has to go through, the emotions, we have a really bad, all of a sudden, like, boom, you know what I mean? Sometimes we have to sacrifice that time, that paycheck to feel. I'm going to say the seven, seven, um, stages of grief real quick. And the shock and denial is the first one, um, anger. And that's the frustrating outpouring of bottled up emotions that you have just, you know, I'm just so angry about this. Why this person, whatever the case may be, then you go through a bargaining. And so that's like seeking in, in vain for a way out. You know what I mean? Like, man, I, I wish I could have taken me instead. I could have done this. You know, if I hadn't have done this, then this wouldn't have happened and all this. And the next one is a depression. So after you go through that bargaining, you realize it's in all in vain. It's just like this depressive mood um, that overcomes you. And that's just kind of like that, uh, you know, it's real, it's inevitable, and I'm really, really sad about it. Then you go through a testing. So you're seeking realistic, realistic solutions to this, you know, like how do I get through this now? Or now that I know that it's real, I can feel it, I know it, like, man, help me to find some ways, which is what you're asking. And then there's that acceptance of finally moving on. But here's the thing with grief. You go through the cycles, you might feel like you're okay. And then one time something will happen, a song will come on, boom, knock you off your knees again. And you start going through those cycles again or portions of it. So when we're talking about balancing, um, you know, the grief and your responsibilities, for me in my head, I knew what I had to do. Every day. So I, I don't want to say compartmentalize, but I take that time. If I'm feeling something in the moment in my car, I let the tears go. I say, okay, I still have things to do. My kids still need me. And here's the other thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that with death, you still have life. You still have life. And your life is just as important, and you should take the time to take care of yourself. So every day, I say, look, you know, would this person want me over here on my knees? And there's this thing called like a continual grief or whatever, um, all the time that I can't function and take care of my family. No, I would need to get up
1: and that's be what, yeah, and
0: grateful mm-hmm. of the life that I have, mm-hmm. and be a good steward of the fact that I'm still here. My kids still have a mother. Right. So I feel what I feel. I say, I always say my pillow has more tears than, you know, the the, the river Nile or whatever river it comes out my mouth. But, um, and I take that time at night and I just grieve and I feel how I feel. And then I know that the next morning I have to get up. So I say, okay, Camille, you know, it's time to get up, put your feet on the floor. you know, something my mom taught me that even when you don't want to put your feet on the floor and keep moving. Right. And eventually gets easier to continue to do those things that you're responsible for doing. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Grieve, feel how you feel, but know that you still have life in you That's and right. you don't want to waste that life away. And the opportunities that that life has given you while you're grieving, you know, knowing that death is inevitable.
1: That's right. So yeah, you're right. And the way I do it is, um, knowing that I have responsibilities and you you touched on to it earlier on, but being able to ask yourself, how would this individual that has passed, how would they want me to continue my life? Right. And we all have a purpose. We all have a purpose. And regardless of what we think, that individual is gone and their purpose has been met. Regardless of what we have, I, we can, first of all, we have to be honest with ourselves and realize that we cannot put our expectations on other people's lives. Absolutely. You see, so meaning regardless of the potential that you think that they had, uh-huh. they served a purpose. It may not have been a part of your plan, but the divine plan was them to do whatever it was that they, they did or did not do in order to show you your Mm -hmm. potential. And based off of that, you have to keep in mind, you do have a decision you can do. You can either continue what they started, or you can avoid the trap that caused them to either pass away. So when it comes down to responsibility, you have a responsibility to yourself on how Mm -hmm. you're going to maneuver with the grief. You you get what I'm saying? Because that feeling can be contagious and then other individuals will pick up on that. And then now it becomes a part of your daily habit. And then you will start to see new habits in your life that's not productive. So that's another thing we can talk about and touch on. What do you think about that, Camille? The reason why I ask is because when we're, when we're going through things, when we're dealing through things, either something tragic, a, 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 you know, something happened at work, or something happens in our family, or a loss of a loved one, we will pick up new, unproductive habits, mm-hmm. like overeating or over shopping or just overworking, and then now you have. A whole nother stress level. You get what I'm saying now? Your your body is starting to fill away. What do you think about that?
0: Well, like I was saying in the beginning, you know, your body goes through different things when we're dealing with grief. So whether it's cognitive changes, behavioral changes, you know, we associate it with emotional, but there's those physical changes. So, you know, your the anxiety, you know, can can ruin your heart or like you're oversleeping, you're overeating, and then those things cause additional Um, uh, stresses, like you said, on your body or additional issues that you have to deal with, depression, all this kind of stuff. So it is important um, for us to, you know, kind of take a step back. I know we were talking about uh, a couple of friends of mine. It was a young child that had died, you know, before. And it was like, that's just so, it's so untimely. I hear that all the time. (laughs) It's untimely. You know, they died too soon. And because I guess I've kind of reconciled or kind of just I understand that death is inevitable for all of us. I was like, but look at all the, like you said, the good that came out of it. Laws are changed, you know, to protect children. Uh, People are stepping out and saying, you know, we can't do this anymore. So there's so much stuff, good stuff that actually comes out of death. And maybe sometimes that's that purpose for that person. That's right. We don't know that because, you know, God created, I believe, you know, created as created us on purpose for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what that always is. And so when we say things like that, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know what that person was here to fulfill. And maybe that was it. And in death comes so much more. People uh, come together or people break apart, you know, unfortunately. Um, But things change. People realize, hey, Three people in my family died from obesity or complications of obesity, whether it's diabetes or, you know, heart failure, whatever it is. Maybe we should change the way we do things mm-hmm. to save the rest of the generations. That's right. You know what I mean? And so we have to kind of look at it a little bit differently, but it does have a lot of physical effects and our behaviors change but we go through these cycles and people don't know that. So when somebody says they have a loss and it's a week later and they be like, oh, they should be over it by now. What? what? They're still in shock and disbelief. You know, the anger is coming. You know, the bargaining is coming. The all of that is coming and there is no time limit for it. That's right. Everybody grieves at their own pace. Everybody grieves in their own time. I know my grandmother passed away five years ago. My mother still has her times of grief, you know, where she says it just comes over her. Like, you know, oh my goodness. And I can imagine that's her mother. That was my grandmother and I was very close to her. Me and my grandma used to have a lot of talks about everything, but for me, it's a little bit different. It comes in waves and then it's very, you know, a quick thing. I don't get angry because because I choose to celebrate her. And that's a choice that I make. To celebrate her, mm-hmm. I don't have to question God because I don't know. She she lived for ninety one, almost ninety two years. You know, like she had a good life. She mm-hmm. had some firsts, and I want to cap. I, I, I want to focus my attention on that. The right. end of her life was a little. You know, she had to mention stuff like that. So you know how that can be, and it's hard to watch that. However, for the 90 years that she was good, 89 years she was good, baby, that, that one right there, that was my, that was everything for me. Right. You know, and she was such a beautiful woman right. that I just choose to not be angry mm-hmm. and to be grateful for the time that I did have with her Absolutely. and that I was blessed to be a part of her lineage. Absolutely. But you can't tell people how long they should grieve or how they should grieve. That's right. You know, but look, look for those behaviors, you know what I mean, to change. And it does suck going back to work after a week after you lose someone so close and then have to put on this front and people like, well, you got to work and you got to put that to the side. No, you Right. Have to allow people time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. To- right. You're right. So, you know what, let's, let's switch it a little bit, right? We're going to transition. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about dealing with grief and grief comes in different forms. All right. From a loss of a loved one to a loss of an object, Right, and also let's think about this. Since I'm transitioning to a new life, what about a loss of a profession? So Mm -hmm. think about the individuals that are retiring or changing jobs. Okay, so with that being said, I'm gonna be completely honest. There is thoughts that comes to my mind, and I have to understand that this isn't anything new it's new for me but not Mm -hmm. new for the individuals that go through a stage so for example the military been in for over 20 years so that's majority of my precious little life you see so what was built in that time frame so Think about your job, your profession, whatever it is that you're doing. You build memories, friendships, good and bad waves where you learn a lot. You grow mentally, physically, uh, just in even just your connection with your purpose. Everything has changed. But then all of a sudden. It's time for it to go. Now you're like, damn, like really my camaraderie. You're right. The, the 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 people that I used to hang out with or and not just this. It's a status thing, too. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, if you've been doing something for 20 years, you gain a certain level of status. Right. Mm-hmm. You gain a, a certain level of you, it's a whole new part of you, and when that time is gone, that status is gone too. And some individuals hold on to it. Listen, I mean, they hold on tight. So they've been out of the military for X amount of years, and they still want people to call them a chief. Don't chief what? Get out of here. You better drop them fries and shut up. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, look, we, we we hold on to that, and that too is a grieving process mm-hmm. so we have to be cognizant of that within ourselves and when the circle of life is shifting yes. right when that cycle is shifting go on ahead and shift with it because if you don't you go sit there you're gonna be hurting and then you're gonna be whoa it's me you know what i could have been achieved but such and such did me wrong diggity 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 let it go it's okay you served your purpose you dig it what you That's think perfect. camille
0: I see it all the time and hear it all the time. And one of my friends who retired a couple of years ago, he was like, Camille, the first year is going to be hard. It's going to take you about a year to get through. And, um, you know, once you do, then you'll realize that, you know, oh man, this is great. But I'm in the transition as well. You know, when I get out of here, it'll be 25 years, two months, 20 days. And um, this is what I've known my whole life, my whole adult life. And so sometimes I have those moments where I'm like, oh my God, what's next? You know, I know every single day I have to put on the same uniform. I go to the same, you know, job. I have the same basic schedule. The thing that deal that's different is the people, but it's such a routine for me. And you do, you know, gain status and you gain, um, you know, whatever um, throughout the rank and, and there's certain people that you're connected to and everything like that. And when you do retire, I've seen a lot of people like that. They are like, Oh, I should have been, I should have been, I had just never a couple years ago. I had to say, okay, I don't know what I'm going to be when I get it all over. I just want to give everything that I have while I'm here. So again, I have a little bit of, of a different view and I've also had some, um, former chiefs or people that got out that I knew that within a couple of months, they either like committed suicide because they didn't feel like they had a purpose anymore. They felt like their purpose was the military. And I'm like, no, that was just a kind of a conduit to get you towards your purpose or to learn skills and experience. But they were so overcome with, what do I do now? I don't know. Didn't get school in. Didn't feel like they were marketable outside of the the military and especially depending on your career field. So you have to uh, really we really understand that it is a grieving process and I know that I will go through it but you know for me every time something happens or I feel a seed of doubt or something like that something happens somebody comes in my life that says nope you're going to be okay I said you were going to be okay you're going to be okay and I hold on to that you know what I mean so I have to know that I've grown as a person Let me see what see. but I've grown as a person mm-hmm. and I know that there are different stages of our lives and I'm going through another stage it's going to be difficult I have to find my new norm. Even being on leave, it's been very difficult because I'm so used to getting up at a certain Mm -hmm. time every single day, having somewhere to go, having a purpose. And for me, having to figure out my own schedule, I'm like, um, yeah, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what I mean and so I'm trying to fill these things or fill my life with things um, that I have no idea because I still don't even know what the next step really is going to be right. and that is a hard transition and so mm-hmm. you go through that loss um, I still call people chiefs that I knew were chiefs because you know just the, the impact that they had on me but uh, I do see people like that while well, I was a former chief well you're a mister now Yeah, you know this and- organization and you're at the bottom of the rung yeah. You know? yeah let <laughs> it go called- except
1: yeah <laughs> let it go miss lily yes. wilson what she said is if you hold on too hard to the old you cannot embrace what's new it happens whenever changes occur yeah she's absolutely right it's hard to move away from something you are a part of for a long time whether it's a career or a relationship you're absolutely right you're absolutely yeah, right
0: attachments to those things you know that um you you've you've grown and you've grown to love or you have that intimate personal you know relationship with when there's a break you know i always say sometimes i grieve harder for people really who are alive than for people who are dead
1: yeah because once that's alive they don't they don't get it you know what i'm saying they're not living yeah
0: yes And well, the other thing is too, like, say a relationship, the breaking relationship, like she was talking about, you know, sometimes you want to hold on to that thing so bad when the other person is not receptive mm-hmm. because they still have the opportunity yes. to come back. And when they don't, you just grieve so hard mm-hmm. where with death for me, it's like, I know that it's final. I know mm-hmm. that there's no coming back, no nothing. I grieve in that way. But sometimes we try to hold on and try to read, read play those relationships and try to do all that stuff and it's more it it causes so much more grief yes and so when people go through divorce you know divorce or those huge breakups i remember i couldn't see the light of day i grieve more for during a a divorce than i did for like i said my grandmother not i grieve differently oh no no
1: no of course
0: but it was such a deep Like, oh my gosh, like why? And then you still want to, you have the ability to reach out to that person. Mm -hmm. And then when they reject you, then it's even deeper. Mm-hmm. And those feelings of grief, the, the numbness, the, the anger, the disbelief, the bargaining, you're really trying to bargain in because they can hear you bargaining. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of testing and seeing how far I can go until you finally say, okay, it is what it is. Yeah. And then you see him walking across the street with somebody else and you go, oh, there right. we go. All over again. You know it, what I mean? It,
1: there you go. It, and I like love it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I love it's that a
0: true Thing though. It's a true thing. And so, you know, we have to like Lily says, we try to hold on so hard to those things that we have those attachments to even when they weren't good, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they were attachment, I mean, you know, a, a toxic attachment because we, it's comfortable. It's what we know. And when that thing gets ripped away from you, it's really, really hard to focus And you really go through the same stages of grief.
1: Right. You know what? I'm glad you said that because that makes a lot of sense. You said some very positive and powerful things about that. And even so. So, look, I'm going to I want to touch on that, but also want to hit Amanda's point. She said she never thought about the military as being a stepping stone to my purpose. Right. And the deal is, is you start to find yourself when you're in different situations. You get what I mean? You will start to grow and then you see, okay, I either like this, love this or can't stand it. Mm -hmm. But the things that you can't stand, you realize that you can't stand it. Then it changes perspective, just like a divorce. Listen, I was in the funkiest of the funk, right? (laughs) When I got, when I got divorced, right? And, the unfortunate, the unfortunate part was I never knew how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But throughout my life, I realized I had to go through that to understand who I was. So now I can be able to love better. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily all oh, this person is out of my life. Oh, it's more like this person is out of my life. Good. Now I can do what I really need to do now, have a whole better relationship. Right. And, and so I realized that first one needed to happen because I had to get some things out my system and realize either that's the type of person that I was attracting or mm-hmm. I was the type of person that was giving off something that was attracting that type of individual that Uh ultimately was not for me. So we have to flip our thought process when it comes down to when something is removed. In order to help with your grieving process, you have to. You have to. I want to give a shout out to my boy with this uh, flavor barbecue. You? Yeah, yeah. He just throw up his barbecue up there, right? G flavor. Yes. And so Miss Holly says, grief after divorce is real. The crazy part is the person is still alive. Yes, yes, yes. It's something different. And and was hard for me. You know, it, it's it's hard. Period. But we have to. It, sometimes life. Sometimes life will make you or help you to get over things. Right. And I always say this um, different levels equals different devils. However, sometimes there's different levels in the same devil. What Mm -hmm. I mean is when you're at a certain place of your life Mm -hmm. with that person or that situation and then you elevate, they elevate too but now they see different ways to aggravate so you dig it so when you get up you're like okay cool I don't need that stress no more I'm done I don't see her no more I don't see him like that no more and all of a sudden boom they' at the mall you're like oh Lord yo and and it, wait watch this don't let them have on something you bought them. <laughs> I know that's kind of sideline, right? But but you get what I'm saying. So yeah. what's going on, King? So I mean, you you're gonna feel a certain way, but then that brings back that grief. Now right. you have to find a different way to cope. You yeah. see, now what you think about that?
0: I mean, it's true. I was I was gonna go actually go back to the conduit and then you know kind of those things. Sometimes we have to. two things. We have to go through something to figure out who we really are. Mm -hmm. You know, we often say, I think haphazardly, like, oh, I can't live without this person. I can't do this. But when it happens, you find out that you actually can. And there's so much more to you than, you know, with that person. Um, and you can live without them and you can flourish and you can be a great person and you have something to give someone else and to help them through that stuff. But yeah, to your point, Seth, yes, it's very true. Okay. It's very true. And you kind of like, uh, but I realized that over time that was kind of my gauge, you know, how over them am I really? That's right. (laughs) that I can see them and not feel a certain way and be like, okay, and I don't care if you got on the shoes I bought you or whatever the case may be, you know, life is going on because I learned some things. And then I really, even though sometimes your emotions, you're so attached to them and you're like, Oh, I want to go back and I missed having them there. Um, you be like, that was toxic. Like, what did I really gain with that person? Um, you know, they taught me some hard lessons, but are they the lessons I want to continue going through over and over? And if the answer is no, or if they took more than they gave, or if they hurt more than they healed, if they, you know, Rejected more than they loved, why do we have these crazy attachments to people, um, you know, that we can't let go of? Mm-hmm. And so like you, I had to learn some lessons that this, this, I don't want this anymore. You know, I want someone who can do love and who has a capacity to do all of these things for me and that will aid in my growth. And I want to go back, like I said, to the conduit. Um, A lot of people, that's why I kind of like the the Air Force is going to this talent management thing, right? A lot of people in the military, and I believe a lot of our vets, what I hear from the people that have uh, attempted suicide or prior to committing, they didn't have a purpose. They didn't know what their purpose was. And oftentimes we get stuck in career fields that we don't like. We don't see a way out. You know, it's hard to cross train in certain areas and things like that. But we don't have people in our lives to show us how we can use our God-given talents, our natural talents in the profession or in the career fields we're in. And so with that be- being said, I learned very early that I was different than a lot of people in my career <laughs> I just, it was, I always say I'm perky, I'm whatever. It just was obvious that, mm-hmm. you know, I was still good at my job, but I was different. I had a different type of personality. I had a different type of way of doing things and seeing things and so I began to use those things or people pointed pointed it out or I would you know be given the opportunity to go and do this and that whatever it grew my skills outside of the actual maintenance career field Mm -hmm. and so I found purpose in the military I found my my god-given purpose in the military but it wasn't through not Necessarily the job that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Later on, I learned how to bring those talents back and those skills back to help my airmen, you know, in regular conversations. But it is a conduit. And I, I try to teach people and show people, you know, what do you like? What do you do? What are you good at? Here's some opportunities for you to still do it in the military, to grow yourself because there's life outside of the military.
1: Absolutely. And if you
0: have that purpose, you have some skills, you've built some experience, you can transfer that out. And I believe the transition won't be as hard. I'm going through it now. I really have a piece about it and everything like that. I know that there are probably some things that I'll be missing, camaraderie, things like that. But I really was preparing even when I didn't know I was preparing for life on the outside mm-hmm. and even all of those uh, CBTs that we hate, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm like people pay thousands and I tell my mom all the time people pay thousands of dollars for these little certifications or these uh, annual trainings that we have to, to do that we get for free capitalize on it Mm -hmm. figure out which ones are good for you is there something else that you're good at that we can use in the section in the squadron whatever and bring out those talents so that we can find purpose in whatever situation we're in and so now that i know who i am whatever i situation i'm in you know area whatever i'm always using the skills that i have i'm always using the talents that i have Absolutely. because i don't just say it I'm giving you a skill right now, right? Like, no, I just do it in in normal conversation. Mm -hmm. And so my purpose, because I'm aware of that now I'm able to use it in different areas. So yes, it is a conduit. And I believe that it does help um, lessen the grief of losing that because you haven't lost yourself.
1: Right. So, you know, you
0: you and your career are two different things. Mm -hmm. You You may have been one thing, but if you know who you are, you will transfer to any situation. Right. So people have to find that. You're right.
1: you're right. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we have to be honest with ourselves. And Ms. Baker, she made a great, great point. She said, you know, it's like people it's like some people choose to have Stockholm syndrome and love what hurts instead of what heals. You're absolutely right. When you're in the situation of of familiarity is what she was speaking of. You're absolutely right. We have to be cognizant of that. And then we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we miss? And why do we miss that? You get what I mean? Was it enough? So we have to, what I mean by that is we have to do an analysis of the situation, right? If there was a percentage of things that we loved and things that we hated and which was toxic, what is it that we truly miss? And is it enough of that love, the love of that one thing enough to change who I am as an individual? Yeah. And here we got this. So, what do you say to those people who are trying to find their purpose but are always, I believe, was that always? Held back by leadership. Okay. Held back by leadership. Well, you know what? This is what I would say personally is you have to move in a way that individuals don't know your business. What I mean by that is. The military or anything, and and I've just been uh, just taught this, that when you're in a situation where you are not being fed as far as uh, your purpose, you have to find a way to get what you need. However, the individuals or the organization that you are working for, they don't need to see your purpose shift if that makes sense because if they see that they're it's a they may feel a way and say okay they're not putting stock in what they're supposed to do so we're not going to put stock in this person either to move in in a different position or maybe rank or wh- whatever the case is so you have to find a way to do that so that your primary either job or occupation or the individuals that you're working Four does not kind of see that okay they're not getting it anymore or they don't feel this anymore. You you, if you get what I mean. So for example, my primary AFSC and that's my career field for those that's not military in the Air Force was C is CE Civil Engineer and my job pretty much was heating and cooling fixing machinery. Okay, to make sure I provide heat when it's cold outside and cool when it's hot. However, I did not enjoy that. Could I do it? Yeah. Did I like it? No. But I had to learn that in order for me to get fed, if you will, or to uh, exercise my purpose, I had to find other outlets. Now, when I found those other outlets, I still had to put enough stock in my primary job so that when those opportunities open up, individuals see that and they say, OK, well, look, he's been doing this. So let's go ahead and, and do that, because I can see this is from the outside looking in. I see him going hard. Right. So if he's given 100 percent here, maybe just maybe he can give 150 in this aspect, you get what I'm saying. But we have to make sure we a know how to communicate that, but b we're putting in good work here so we can have the opportunity to do good work there. What you think, Camille?
0: Um, I, I have. Uh, I agree. But I also think that, um, you know, nobody can stop you from your purpose unless you allow them. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, there was times where I was working and people like, well, how are you here? Who do you know? You know, and I just I would do stuff on my and I'm talking to my friend here. So um, do stuff on your own time, you know, on your own dime sometimes. Um, There are opportunities to grow outside in the community. Um, There are opportunities to do things around the base that are outside of your duty. Uh, hours. Sometimes I would work mid-shift so that I had all through the day to do whatever I had to do. And I would do everything that I need to do, you know, in my primary job. Um, but it would give me those extra hours during the day when people were at work or doing whatever to participate in certain uh, events, to run certain things. Now, was it fair? No, because some people can just do that on their own time, whatever. But I know that there were some people who were trying to stop me from doing what I was doing and right. what I was do at. And so, I didn't tell them a lot. I just would do it. And so I would show up at events and they'd be like, Well, how did you get here? Well, who are you? This and this and that and why are you? And I would just tell them, you know, I put this event on. You Same. know what I mean? I didn't they were like, Oh, like and and so you have to position yourself um, to still be seen. Do your job. Yes. Yeah. But you also have to be seen and people have to know what you have to offer. If you don't show them, then they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so you'll miss opportunities that way. But the other thing I want to say is that uh, so I was trying to do a certain event for two years and I, you know, I do some some John Maxwell stuff on the end and I had been pushing this for two years and it was always no, it was always no, it was always no. So I said, okay, I will do it wherever I can, whenever I can. So I would do it in small groups. I did it while I was deployed. I would do it online or whatever case may be. And then finally, somebody was like, I, I went again and I said, look, you know, I had to pay for my own certifications where other people were getting paid for all these things that they never, ever brought anything back to the unit. But I said, you know what? I still have a life. I still have a purpose to fulfill. And so I have to invest in myself when nobody else will invest in me. And so I chose to continue to invest in myself, whether it was certifications or education or opportunities outside or being involved in certain things. And so when they needed me to do certain things, I was prepared. I had a, a whole resume, you know, of things that I've done. You've seen me work. You know that I'm connected with these people. Let me go in and do what I do. And then it was like, we need you we need your your skills your search your whatever the case may and and you know what i gave it freely mm-hmm. i gave it freely because i don't believe that my, my my purpose and the talents and skills that i have are for me so what, what's the the use of honing them and putting all this stuff in when i'm not giving it back and i just believe that sometimes a sacrifice personal sacrifice on the front end um it reaps great rewards on the back end God will bless you for whatever it is that you were doing knowing that it came out of a good place right purpose for you. Mm -hmm. So you have to find your purpose and you have to find areas and ways that you can live that out in your job. Leadership doesn't always have to know. Sometimes you don't have to ask permission for those things. If you want to be a part of the top three or, you know, five, six, and you have skills teaching, all they know is that you're part of the pri- private org, but everybody around sees what you're doing. And so your name starts to get out there and things like that. And it's not a selfish thing, but I'm just saying, when you're living in your purpose, if you don't do that, you will feel boxed in. <laughs> I said, nobody can't box me in. Cause I start fighting. I start mm-hmm. trying to bust the way out. You know what I mean? I have to still be able to be me while still doing my job and serving because I love to serve, I love to serve people, I love to serve my country, I love my job, you know, and I would still do all of those things, and if I was allowed to do those other things, man, I did my job real good. But if you tried to constrict me and tell me I couldn't do, I had a hard time because you had that internal struggle. Mm-hmm,
1: it's a battle with mm-hmm.
0: so I said all that to say, lady, that um sometimes you don't put that in your leadership ship's hands yeah create opportunities you do it on your off-duty time you sacrifice a little bit of yourself because the reward is much greater personally and for the entire organization because when you're fulfilled you have high morale because you're operating in your purpose everyone around you benefits so if you don't find an outlet people suffer right so.
1: You you know you're absolutely right and but I want you guys to keep it keep this in mind all right part of grief and ladies and gentlemen if you're just tuning in we're talking about dealing with grief and different types of grief and so we talked about grief of losing a loved one a divorce right and also not occupationally but what we have to keep in mind is sometimes sometimes we grieve based off of the a loss of a cherished dream. Think about this. Think about this, right? And, and and I just want you guys to take a moment. You may, since we were just talking about work, right? You may have a dream to do and to be something, but by happenstance, it doesn't necessarily happen. Keep in mind, we may come into the military knowing that day one we were going to be the chief master sergeant of the air force. Okay. We knew that that's what we were going to do. Okay. As a airman basic, that means no rank at all. So now we spend this time, we spend this time, this effort and in, in everything shooting for that star. Okay. Or shooting for that moon. But keep in mind the stars that you hit along the way, because you trying to, Get a specific uh, or or you trying to obtain a specific position right in the occupation may not actually happen. So you have to keep in count of the things that did happen. If not, then you're going to keep this level of heavy resentment as though you lost something, even though this was a dream of yours and it wasn't fulfilled. What did you obtain and 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 how can you still live it how can you be a mentor to someone else how can you how can you deal with what you didn't you know achieve but you can celebrate someone's else achievement right big king he says some use grief as a crutch some use grief as a catalyst you have to decide what you will do with it you're absolutely right and that's what we're talking about dealing with grief but what do you do when your dream wasn't fulfilled okay how how do you deal with that come in what do you think about that
0: so again and i think that's me you know when your dream is so big that it keeps you up at night you have to find an outlet to to live that out or else there's This internal conflict, and you grieve the what you could have, should have, would have been. You know, like we talked about, you know, there's, they say the graveyard is the richest place on earth. You know, therein lies all the dreams, the talents, the skills, the everything of gifts of every person who never, you know, fulfilled their purpose. And personally, I know that that's an internal struggle. And I grieved a lot of lost opportunities and things like that before. But like King said, I decided to use that as a catalyst catapult to, to do something different, to help, to teach other people. You don't have to look at it this bad way. You know, how can you, let's find out how you can use them. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's try to, to, you know, grow those things that are keeping you up Let's even little bit. I'll just give you an example for um, when I was deployed, little boy was, it was not a little boy. God forgive me. He's a grown man. okay, He's a <laughs> man. Um, but I had given him a ride and he was talking about, you know, asking me how you want to do. Hey, chief. I was like, I'm not chief. I'm saying you should be a chief. I'm like, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. I'm doing what I can. So I started asking him. I don't even know this. I know his name, but I, I don't don't even know him. Um, and I started. well, what do you want to do? You know, he was like, well, I got to be in this military. But, you know, I really dreamed of having a long gun company. And I'm like, so what's stopping you? He's like, well, I'm in the military. I'm like, why is that stopping you? You know? And he was like, well, you know, I got to go through this and enlistment or whatever this, the case may be. So I was like, um, Airman Jones, like, let's sit down and talk about it. Like, are you serious about this stuff? He was like, yeah, I really want to do this. This is my dream. And I'm like, cutting grass? Okay, let me tell you about a airman who got out you know, decided he wanted to cut grass, didn't have nothing, bidded for a con- got a company, bidded for a contract, got a $5 million contract with the Air Force to do beautification and then went and bought all his equipment, you know, and now he was able to get out and do it. He was like, seriously? I'm like, yes, he was a senior. I and mean, he got out and this is what he did. So kind of talked him through that. Before we left, he had equipment. He had started his business, showed him how to do that, uh, got all his stuff, legal and uh, stuff together, has started purchasing equipment, had started getting his name out there the whole nine in this short per- period of time. Mm-hmm. Because you had to show him, or I had to show him that your dream doesn't have to die because you're here. You know, he had a lot of inter- internal sh- struggle about that. Am I going to be able to do this? I can't cut grass in the military and make any work but you have other hours that you can do it. And let me tell you about another friend who cuts my grass who did the same thing. And so he was able to start his business and I, I checked back with him from time to time and he's doing very well.
1: That's good, that's so, good.
0: So, you know, showing them how you can still do those things so you don't grieve as hard and then he can teach the next person who has the same opportunity, I Absolutely. mean, same dream. But yeah, we don't want, I, I just say, I just don't want my, purpose to die with me you know i want to be able to give that give everything and i, I think that people don't know that they can
1: mm-hmm. and, they and yeah
0: to, come to help them show them that they can
1: mm-hmm.
0: do it no situation is right now
1: yeah. you still
0: work towards those things
1: absolutely you still can and you know it's it's kind of hard because if you surround yourself with individuals telling you mm-hmm. what you can't do And a lot of times they're telling you what you can't do because deep down inside, they feel as though that they can't. And so they can't see you doing what they did not put energy in doing. Right. But I also want you guys to think about this. When you do have a when you are grieving over uh, a dream that you did not uh, succeed at or achieve, I want you to think about your intent behind it. First. So what about those individuals that said, you know what, I'm going to prove so and so wrong. So I'm going to go hard in this because I want to prove them wrong or um, I want to do this. I want to achieve this just to show them A, B, C and D. Are you really doing it for the right purpose? And when it doesn't happen, now you feel bad. So I want you to keep that in mind. It goes both ways. So. Individuals may tell you, hey, you don't need to do this because of A, B, C and D. Think about it and then think about why you truly want to do it. Is it a part of your dream? Is this your dream or something that you want to achieve because you want to have a better life? You want to serve your purpose? You want to just serve others? Right. Or are you doing it because you want to prove somebody wrong or your intent is you know, I want to, I want other people to celebrate me. Get, get that, you know, keep that in mind. So it's different ways or it's different things that we have to consider when we are grieving. Are you grieving because you didn't have an opportunity to show someone in particular what you got, right? You You. you get what I'm saying? So, so at the end of your quote unquote career or whatever experiences is, let's say an individual move up in their career in their career or they get out and Mm -hmm. then you see you were running a race that was you you was the only one running it you get what i'm saying so now when that individual is out of that position or out the picture now you sit back and like hold on do i really like what i was wanting to do like did i really want to be the speaker for such and such and such such because i wanted them to see how great i am You don't have to prove to people how great I am or how great you are. Just live your purpose. You get what I'm saying? What you think about that, Camille?
0: I think that's true. But I think if it's your dream, then it's something in you that you should be doing. It may not look the way that you, you know, maybe it, it intended in your your mind or and I use that. I can show you better than I could tell you because mm-hmm. I know who I am mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with that person. But a lot of people will come against me and try to stop me from doing things and whatever I could show you better. than I can tell you because mm-hmm. you cannot stop what's inside of me. Right. So if I get a no from this person, then you know, you don't stop at the first note or the second note or the third note. If it's truly a dream and it's truly something that you want to pursue, again, intention is paramount. Yes. If you don't have the right intentions, it'll never, it'll never prosper. It'll have cracks and breaks and things like that. But if the intention is pure and that person is the catapult to get you where you went, whether it's that you feel like you can stop me, but I know what he has for me is for me then use that to your advantage. You know what I mean? But your intention has to be great. Yes. If it's a dream, if it's a thought, it's something that's inside of you that needs to come out. You have to find how to manifest that thing. Um. So you can't stop the first no, but you can't turn it around and make it about the person. It has to remain about the dream yes. or what it is, your purpose and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right and sometimes you know I want to go back to this um there's this this um complicated grief you know people will say I could have or I lost my my NBA career or my NFL career and they grieve for years and years and years over the loss of that dream instead of saying okay yes I did it here's what I can teach here's what I learned you and go. you know, going forward so it's a complicated grief and it's it's such a deep grief it's not like normal. So normal, there's an acute, there's a normal where you grieve and it comes through and you go through stages and everything like that. But it's really debilitating. You know, those people that those behavioral and cognitive shifts and things like that that cause addictions and, you know, that cycle of depression um, that they just cannot get over this one point in their life that complicated grief is much more difficult it needs to be dealt with seriously by not just you know finding your purpose or or talking with people staying socially connected but really by a mental health professional so if you have been grieving so deeply for so long over a loss of anything career uh, family member event whatever it, that happened um You have to take a look at that too and make sure that you get proper help. Yes. Help. It's not okay. I won't say it's not okay. You can't put a time limit or whatever, but the depth of the grief is so great that it it prohibits you, it stops you from doing anything.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So that's the type of stuff we have to really, really, and it, it, it doesn't allow you to really accept the reality of it and can't move forward. There are people that tell stories about how people died that never happened. They made up this whole story to make it make sense to them or to make it you know, better for them. But they cannot accept the reality of what has happened. And it causes them to stay in this deep, deep grief that needs to to get forward. But back to those dreams and stuff like that, that, that happens for people who lose their dreams or if they didn't do something for the right purpose and then it gets abruptly cut off or something like that, they have this deep grief that they never can get. it. like when he wasn't this, you know, he just never bounced back. Mm-hmm. Never, nobody asked the questions nobody said go see, see mental health because this isn't a normal grief this is a complicated grief a deep deep grief and so they stay stuck in that cycle because no, nobody understands that that's different than just grieving yeah. you know what I mean? and helping them find that purpose and a way to get get up and out of that so mm-hmm. i was well, a catapult i always i can show you better. i can tell you, mm-hmm. you know, Can't stop me. You know, you I'm not gonna let you win, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know that my my purpose is greater than that person. And so I use them as a catapult, as King says, instead of using them as or letting them be a hindrance to me. I find another route.
1: You have to, you have to. And you know what? We're you we have to find different ways to deal with what we're dealing with. But ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about grief. OK, just give some hearts. Hashtag no grief. OK, no hashtag grief. no grief. Right. No grief. You know who used to make all these. Oh, oh, goodness. Mary J. Blige. Listen, she was going through a lot at a specific time of her career. OK, yeah. no more drama, no more everything. Right. So she was going up. And down, I promise you, she found way. your best
0: music comes yes. when you're going yeah, through something. Absolutely.
1: Right? So that's my that's where I was leading into. The thing is, is that was her way in dealing with no more drama. And then next thing you know, you know, she, she's saying, listen, what no no hateration in this dancery still don't know what a dancery is. Nevertheless, that's what she has done. But I want you guys to think about the things that you can do and what has happened in the process. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about dealing with grief and what I want to touch on before towards the end is, Sometimes we grieve over the loss of certain friends, okay? Mm -hmm. Off of certain friends, still alive, right? But they have served a purpose that was so monumental in your life. You say to yourself, I can't go any further because so-and-so is out of my life. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, and I am a strong believer in the whole you know, reason, season, and lifetime. However, I capitalize the lifetime piece because if you have a friend, no matter if they were a true friend, no matter what part of your life that they have become attached or, or, you know, what, what part of life that you're in, the lessons learned is a lifetime if you continue to apply them. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's individuals that have to go, have to go. And so it's one thing to say, hey, you know what? I miss so-and-so, miss so-and-so. That is cool. But like what you were saying to your point, that loss of friendship cannot enable you from moving forward. Certain individuals have to move out of your life in order for you to move forward. And look, you cannot move forward or in the direction that you want to go in looking backwards. You might, you know, run into something. You can dig it. So you have to be able to celebrate (laughs) what you did learn, celebrate the friendship, but also celebrate the fact that, okay, that part is over. So now I've learned enough to incorporate new and better friends in my life. What do you think about that?
0: So before we uh, talk about this, friends, I want to uh, take this time for our next sponsor, which is uh, Zoe's Bling Boutique and a a link down there. But Zoe's Bling Boutique features paparazzi uh, jewelry and accessories, $5 jewelry. So when I come on here and I be looking fly all the time, boom, I got my, you know, faith over fear. And then I got my faith bracelet right here. Uh, Zoe's Bling Boutique. Uh, It is nickel and lead free. They have jewelry for men, women, and children. You can start your own business if that's what you want to do for as little as $99. Um, You get a free website, 45% commission. So if you are interested, Zoe's Bling Boutique, zoe's bb at gmail.com. You see the website. scrolling there. Holly Williamson is my lifetime friend. Her and I have, uh, connected. And so she keeps me fly. I hope she keeps me fly for a long time for $5 jury. So anyway, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to, uh, to our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for what you do. Thank you for, um, investing into this, this, um, this platform. And, um, again, If you want to be blinged out, Zoe's Bling Boutique, she is the jewelry queen. Um, So uh, check her out, check out her website. So going to the the friend thing, you know, and she is one, you know, connecting with people that you hope that have the same vision um, as you. (laughs) Friends are more aligned with the frequency of where you are now. Yes, you know, but she's going places. I'm going places. We connected. And I know that, you know, this is probably not going to be seasonal because, you know, iron sharpens iron type thing but there are some people that I thought were going to be in my life for a long time that are not in my life or not active in my life anymore because we went like this still love and respect but we went in opposite directions or they just haven't grown to where I am not saying I'm above or anything but in the direction that I've grown in and so I had to learn to not be bitter. Um, so I didn't grieve. I still celebrate the friendship that we have because oftentimes it's not that you fall off and have a a big argument. It's just that you kind of stop talking. And the space gets greater between us, you know, and it gets longer and things like that. But I can look back on the majority of my friends and I'm like, man, we used to have fun doing this. I remember when this and reach out and we can, you know, talk about all the good things, but they're just not as ever present in my life as they were at one one point. And so I had one friend where I, I did grieve that. I was like, man, like I miss her so much. We went through so much and I was like, it was years where we just did not connect and I was like I really was sad because I'm like she's more like a sister to me and you know that just space was there but thankfully because she's a lifetime friend we reconnected and we were at about the same place in our lives and I think that how we continued um, I'm not saying that we would have you know jerked each other off course or whatever but you have to go through something absolutely and so the reconnection was amazing and we picked up and you know our our conversations are different but we're on the same wavelength of where we want to go and what we want to do and so she is a lifetime friend i've known her for 25 years you know and so um i'm grateful for that that sometimes those relationships end; they just go and we grieve but you have to both grow in some areas yes it takes some work yeah toxic Mm -hmm. to each other the one is up here and the other one is down here and you're trying to bring them down and do you know opposite or whatever but that you guys can come and be on the same okay well we got dreams and goals you know let's let's push push each other to the top you know what i mean and so that's what happened too so i did go through a grief process with her but i'm grateful that she is now back in my life and an integral part of my life but i did grieve You know, that loss of the perceived loss of the friendship. It's a
1: perceived. You're absolutely right. Because sometimes that that perceive a loss is actually a transition, transition. so so the thing is right because sometimes we hold on to that nostalgic feeling of mm-hmm. man i remember this in high school blah 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 we used to do this listen you about 45 years old high school is done and over with let it go but however to your point my friend well, good friend of mine eric right Listen, me and Eric has been friends since high school, 11th grade, 10th grade, I believe. Yeah, 10th grade. So but throughout high school and getting our first job together and then coming into the military, he ended up coming to the military a year later. But the things that we have achieved together and separate, but we were still able to get back the same place, right? So having children together, right? Getting ready to retire together and can celebrate it, but then experiencing the loss of our family members together. I was there for him. He was there for me. So we have to make sure that we are friends to people just as much as we want them to be friends to us. Like I always talk about in the book, the black collar mindset also get your copy if you want it, right? Black black collar mindset.com. But anyway, talk about not everyone in your boat is rowing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not everyone in your boat is rowing, but you have to think about who boat are you in? You mm-hmm. get what I mean? Whose boat are you in? And are you truly helping them to achieve certain things? Are you being a good friend to them <laughs> as well? Are you being the type of friend that you would want them to be right. So now you can see it. Like if something was to change within your friendship, you can say, you know what? I went hard for them. They went hard for me, but we're going different ways. And it's OK. That's the key. It is OK. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about grief. Pink, what's going on, Pink? Says good old days. Absolutely right. So we're talking about grief and how to deal with that, but different aspects of it. Yes. When people lose, uh, when people leave your life due to death but also Mm -hmm. friendships, right? They're still around, but they're just on different pages. You may be on different pages. And also grieving about different positions that you no longer have or, quote-unquote, lost opportunities, okay? Mm -hmm. Lost opportunities. Those lost opportunities aren't always lost. They just may be redirected. Same thing with friends and family. Good morning.
0: Shoot. Yeah.
1: But so, what what you what you think about that, Camille?
0: I, I think that's true, and I just want to touch on this before we end. But you know, right now, this country is suffering a lot of loss. And people are grieving unknowingly. You're grieving for people that you don't know. You're grieving for the heaviness of what's going on around us. You're grieving for some of the conversations that are being had. And we have this feeling, this overwhelming feeling of sadness and depression and, you know, sometimes anxiety walking into certain rooms and things like that. And we have to understand that we may not have lost anybody in our lives. But because of the magnitude of the stuff that's going on right now, um, everybody is kind of feeling a sense. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people are feeling a sense of grief, just overall, like I can't do this. I don't want to be here anymore. I I don't want to, you know, have this job and have to go in here with these people. And so understanding that it may not be a direct attachment, but if you're part of a, a place a system a group of people or whatever you can still feel the grief the heaviness of someone else's losses and i think that's what's happening a lot so we have to make sure we gauge ourselves our feelings our emotions that we understand you know when we're feeling some certain ways we might be numb in some areas going through anger and everything and sometimes we have to get grief counseling even if it's not for a direct loss Mm -hmm. So don't count that out for everybody who's feeling the heaviness of everything that's going on. You might be grieving. And I don't want to, I don't want to let that go. You might be grieving for all, for the country you know what I mean, for certain people, demographic graphic of people. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you're staying connected, that you're talking to people who can give you good, good words of encouragement and advice that you're, you know, uh, not isolating yourself. And if you need to go get professional help, you know, so I just want to put that out there as well, because I know that there's this heaviness that we're experiencing right now that a lot of people literally don't even want to get up and go to work. Yeah. The- yeah. So I just want to.
1: Yeah. And absolutely. Like to your mother, she asked what happens when you do not grieve losses. And so I think people, people deal with it differently. People deal with it differently, but like, I will go back to what I said in the beginning, look at your new habits. Yeah. Meaning, what is it now based off of what has happened? How are you responding to it? And start to journal, right? If, if you can't, if, you, if you're not in a situation where you can communicate with an individual to say, hey, this is what I'm going through, or I need help in this area, start to ask yourself and write down so you can read it. No kidding, reading. <laughs> I feel like this because of what? Right. And you yep. fill that in and then say to yourself, hey, I can change this about myself or the situation and I can't change this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, right. Because that, that's a reality check with the sanity check. Right. You have to make sure you understand what you can't control. For example, mm-hmm. you're dealing with the loss. Can you bring that person back? Number one. Chances are no, regardless of the loss, you cannot bring that loss a moment back. However, what you can do is think about a like we said before, what have you learned you know, from that and how does it make you feel? What are you doing with that loss? What have you gained in the process? Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about stress and grief, you have good stress but in even when you grieve your grief can be move and transform in different places in your life for the positive okay and that is the key but we want to thank you all for joining in but we do have an announcement okay
0: hey just give <laughs> oh, me oh, go one ahead. Thing. go ahead it's, it's a mom um when you don't deal with stress let me say this it stress has to go with somewhere grief has to go somewhere it usually comes out behaviorally in anger your stomach hurts you get headaches nausea you you know you're irritable and all this kind of stuff if you're going through that You know, if you've suffered a loss and there's this continual cycle of things like that, behavioral, cognitive, you know, that cloudy feeling, all those types of things, you have to figure out what the root of that is and deal with it because it literally will eat you from the inside out. Even though you think you're not grieving, everybody has to go through that. And if you don't let it out, it affects you physically, cognitively, emotionally, wondering why you can't have attachment. Attachments with people and all those types of things. So it really ruins, can ruin your relationships and your health. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, understand that if you don't grieve and if you don't go through those processes, it's hard to heal. You avoid, avoid, avoid. We call it what is it? Um, I forget the word I was about to use. But um, anyway, so um, what is the word? What is the word I'm looking at? Rumination. Mm-hmm. Rumination. It's so an avoidance uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. But um, all of that stuff. It's still there, subconsciously. It's still there, and it's working in your body. So you have to make sure that you do not do not uh, skip the grieving process yes. because it affects everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Absolutely. So that's just I just wanted to to okay. put that. It really affects you. But go no, ahead. So our new right. announcement. Our new announcement.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So new announcement, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to shift the sanity check time to the rights. So instead of eight o'clock central. And uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, we're moving to 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, right, to help those individuals that's on the West Coast to wake on up and other places and and around the world that's listening. And we want to thank you, too. We do want to thank you for waking up with us. And hopefully, hopefully this is helping you out. And please share, share, share this. This is extremely important because we're dealing with a different time. Okay, we're dealing with different time. Think about this. We're in a situation where we can't even grieve with our loved ones the way that we used to. Dealing with this pandemic, dealing with the civil unrest and everything, just the fact that I can't or we can't even celebrate an individual's life the way we used to. Why are we on Facebook looking and watching a funeral right it just takes all of this all of that away so ladies and gentlemen we have to find ways to connect but again next week starting next week instead of eight o'clock it would be nine o'clock central standard time what'd you say Camille
0: and 10 o'clock Eastern yeah
1: right 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 and 10 o'clock Eastern so yes 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 so make sure you guys tune in and we do appreciate you appreciate you make sure you have a great weekend and we thank everyone for being on okay you got anything else Camille
0: uh, no, that's it. Just wishing you guys a wonderful week. Hope to see you guys. Please, please, please uh, follow the sanity check page, the new sanity check page. And please share it with your friends and family every Saturday. You know, we just want to off pe- offer people a little bit of hope, you that's know, right. it cost nothing. They can come in and pop in and listen. And thank you for your support this far to help us get where we are. So. Don't forget to go to Sanity Check and share with your friends.
1: Absolutely. And again, Sanity Check is Sanity Checks or Facebook forward slash Sanity Checks. Two K's in the S. Right on. Okay. Y'all have a great one. Great one. Thanks for tuning in.